Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Lori. We've always thought that the most compelling story strikes the perfect balance between an honest look at the mess of life and the humor that can be found in the mess. To be perfectly honest, we don't really know how to live life without both the humor and the authenticity. Our podcast might be a little bit of whiplash at times. We can spin from hard and deep to humor and laughing on a dime. The hard will be really hard and the truths we share are the ugliest of humanity. We don't intend to make it seem like it's all fine or to pretty up the pain, but we also know that the joy we found is all the more profound because of the pain. So we hope you can stick with us through the ugly because there will also be joy and hope and humor. Welcome to the ugly truth about the girl next door. Hi, we are back. Um, Welcome back to um, our podcast, The Ugly Truth About the Girl Next Door. I'm Kate. I'm Lori. And today we are discussing um, about, you know, the two worlds that kind of split my brain, my my everyday life that people saw on the outside, and then kind of the opposite of that, the, the dark things that were happening behind closed doors. I think it's important to be able to think about that kind of from a high level, the idea that, you know, we all sort of kind of do that, right? So if we have something that's going on in our lives that's difficult or unhappy, you know, we do have to sort of compartmentalize that in order to go about our business, right? We're not going into the grocery store and, you know, oozing for the most part. We're not oozing our big feelings all over the cashier. We're not going to work, hopefully, and oozing all over the place. Sometimes that happens, but for the most part, we work to compartmentalize a little bit. Um, and that's how it looks when grown adults are going through something that is difficult. But um, to be able to stop and think about the fact that things, bad things that happen to small children, the message kids get certainly is that, right, you're not allowed to have tantrums, you're not allowed to act up it doesn't matter really what's going on in your world you're supposed to act right um and so kids have to learn how to compartmentalize pretty early and that's really what kate's talking about when she talks about you know the split reality is that you know she had to learn how to compartmentalize in order to continue to get through what was going on in her world yeah and yeah i think it's it's such a severe split um because of you know just it was so uh such polar opposites almost um and so that's why it feels like kind of just this really severe split (laughs) um but I mean that's even true today right you know for both of us I think we're you know recording this podcast and we're all in doing all of these crazy things and and talking about this crazy stuff that happened and just really awful things um and then at the same time I you know will go home today and pick my kids up from school and uh, make dinner at some point, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we share recipes, yeah. just saying. <laughs> um, you know, and try to get on with whatever my day looks like and, you know, go back to work tomorrow, go, you know, throughout the day. Um, and so there's that part of life, too, and this stays kind of in a, a different compartment. Um, just for the sake of survival. If, if we kept, you know, if we stayed in this space all the time, my kids would never have dinner and um, I would be in bed all the time. And that's, that's not a livable life. Uh, that's not, that's not how, that's not recovery. That's not living really. And, you know, that's not, we're not willing to let it be that. Right. 
but there's also a lot of confusing feelings even about doing this right so yeah you know can you talk about that a little bit yeah I mean I think um you know we talked so much about doing this podcast and about sharing these things um before we actually did it um this wasn't necessarily our first choice to make it public um but the you know we kind of kept hitting roadblocks in terms of of getting people the right people to hear us and understand what was really going on um and so this is where we landed but that is confusing you know i've been here before i've tried to um to share what was going on before with adults in my world when i was a kid and with um friends in my world you know later on in life and it never it never worked out and we will get to that that is you know a whole other episode about you know my escape attempts (laughs) um which is not funny (laughs) but what else can you do um but it never worked out it was never it was never successful and it and not only was it not successful it also had it came with a price you know it every time there was a failed attempt to tell somebody the repercussions of that were just that much worse and can you talk about even some of sort of what you went through even thinking about trying to tell someone right yeah feeling like i had to you know to even get the opportunity to try to tell someone was also a complicated thing just trying to um, do everything right and do everything I knew that I was expected to do and to be so that there was no whiff of I might be telling or I might be talking about it um, and so it was there was a high cost there was a high price to pay each time I I made that attempt and then for it to fail was I mean devastating absolutely devastating um, on so many levels not just I mean, yes, just the the continuation of the abuse and the continuation of what was happening, but also, you know, losing probably a friend, losing someone that I trusted, losing um, once again my, you know, that reputation, that label that was placed on me as someone who was dramatic, someone who was a liar. Um, those were all real prices to pay and that was really only the beginning of the price to pay you know again that's that was the the lighter world the the lighter side of things the darker side of things was there was a price to pay um in the depths of what was happening by at the hands of the people that were doing this um who then knew that i had tried to tell um so those failed attempts were i mean just devastating is doesn't even begin to describe it and like you're talking about failed attempts what, what do you mean by that? Like, does it mean you, uh, like, gave up on the mission? No, I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, I think we'll get, uh, we'll get to our, to the escape part. <laughs> um, but I think it's just trying to tell somebody, trying to make it stop. I, to be honest, did I even know what that looked like at the time, you know, way back in middle school, trying to make it stop? Did I even know what that meant? Um, probably not. I I just knew that something had to give. And I think that's kind of where we're at now, too, right? Something has to give uh, to just even move forward in this and to not feel like all those labels all over again. Um, So I guess what I was thinking about when you were talking about failed attempts is that it's important to remember that we talked last time about, you know, having a voice means using your voice, but also someone listening enough to hear your voice and that that's what that means and the reality of an escape attempt right is somebody has to be listening enough when 
somebody, a child is trying to share their truth. Okay, my dog is here and really wants to play with Kate right now. So here we go, real life, right? This is what happens. He loves her very much and has uh, <clears throat> brought her a toy and now has an expectation that we're going to play fetch now. So let's hope he decides to change his mind. Okay, right. So <laughs> again, my two worlds. Here we are. Right. We're talking about this awful, awful darkness and the fact the that the dog wants to play fetch. The dog wants to play fetch. Yes. And he is really cute dog, so you know you want to play fetch with yeah, him. Yeah, maybe we'll put play. a picture up of him on on Instagram. <laughs> yes, he's our mascot. <laughs> can reveal. Yes. Yeah, that's true. We can reveal <laughs> reveal Silas. Why not? Um, but this is kind of what we do, right? We acknowledge this is the whole point of the podcast. We acknowledge how ugly and horrible this is, and we acknowledge the feelings that go with it. Um, and then we go home and do our life, and we also laugh, and we because what else can we do? That's that's just the way that it is. It's it's the only way to have a life. And it's also, ultimately, like we said last time, you, you, as terrible as it is, you can't seem crazy or really no one will listen to you. Yeah. And that's insane as well. Yeah, you can't have a podcast where you're just sobbing and hysterical the whole time. I don't know that people would listen to that. That would not be very fun. Not fun at all. No. 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 <laughs> Um, okay, so going back to kind of the two boxes um, in my head and just in reality, um, I think that it's also a reason why a lot of people missed it, right? Um, and I think that you've talked about the fact that that's, that's pretty common. Like you said, kids learn to compartmentalize pretty quickly. Um, and in this case, it was such a severe uh, split, such such tight compartments. The two could not coexist. They could not be happening simultaneously I could not be you know living in that dark place and also going to school it was so split because it had to be um and if I if I didn't do that uh I probably would have snapped (laughs) yes yes absolutely so um there's an author Dan Siegel so if you want really good neuroscience based parenting information Dan Siegel is your go-to guy but he talks about the reality that there are two opposite neural pathways. So there is the neural pathway in our brain that makes a seek connection. And when we are attached to someone, the natural inclination is to want to be near them, right? We all understand that. Children seek to be near to their attachment figure. So there's one neural pathway that is very basic that has a seeking to be close to the people we're closest to, that we're attached to. But then there's this other neural pathway that says run away from anything that is dangerous. So what happens to a brain when the same person represents both, right? When the people that we trust are also the people that we're afraid of. Um, it creates that kind of fracture. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That was a lot of science-y stuff. Sorry, look at that. Brain <laughs> science, bring it. Love brain science. Just don't math. Okay, don't math on me, please. <laughs> then I'm done. I'm lost. <laughs> So, okay, so sometimes when Kate and I are talking and something's gotten really hard and I'm trying to help her to be grounded in the moment, I'll, like, ask her to count by twos or can't do, do some it. math. And I can't. Like, I don't know. And then after she's like, okay, you know, like, in my regular life, I don't like math. I can't even do that when I'm not stressed out. Like, my kids come home with, you know, common core math and I'm like, well, well go see dad. Really He's an accountant. Common so. core math is, like, not normal so, I mean, not. any math, though, really, is to <laughs> – my nine-year-old is far, far superior to my skills of math. <laughs> so, But see, the thing is that, like, left hemisphere math is left hemisphere, which is logic, and that's really helpful when you're 
this regulated. So yeah, is a it? Little bit more science. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about what the two worlds looked like. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, you know, in my so we're gonna call them the bright world and the dark world. That's just that makes it easier. Um. And the bright world meaning just kind of my normal appearance, my normal you know everyday life as a kid, and then the dark world being the abuse that was happening, the things that were going on kind of underneath that um, that surface of brightness. Um, in my bright world, I, I was normal. I, I did, um, I had a really, really close friend. I had, I had friends, plural, <laughs> um, you know, not, not super close friends. I had some friends at school, some friends at church. They weren't super close. I did have one very, very close friend, which I'll get to. Um, I was, I played with things. I played with Barbies. I really liked American Girl dolls, although I did cut their hair, which is probably making so many people cringe because, you know, hundred and something dollar doll. And I was pretty sure I was going to cut hair for a living at some point. I do not, in fact, do that. Um, but she does have fabulous hair, though. Uh, yeah. Thank you. To Shout out to Carissa. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so I did, I did, I cut my, my American Girl Dolls hair, uh, several times, I had several of them, and I would cut their hair each time, so, um, Mm. yeah, not something to pass down to my daughter. Did you cut your Barbie's hair, too? You know, I don't know, I did cut my bird's hair, I had a bird, I had a couple birds, I don't know if I've ever even told, no, live birds, (gasps) um, had a couple birds, they were all named Skipper, and then the last one was named Blueberry. They were like little blue parakeets. And um, one time I did, I cut the tail feathers off because I was going to give them a haircut. Of course. Why would yeah, you? I mean, I was little. Like, I was probably like seven, maybe. Oh. I don't even know. But yeah, so sorry to Skipper, 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 and Blueberry. <laughs> um, yeah, people shouldn't trust me with birds. but <laughs> Or scissors, apparently. Or scissors. Yeah, probably more scissors. Do not, do not run with scissors. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my normal life. Um, my, so my best friend that I mentioned, um, I'm not going to say her name because I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to infringe on her privacy at all. I certainly would not want her to hear this and be like, what in the world? Um, she lived directly behind me. So really no one could stop me from seeing her. No one could take her away from me or take her out of my world because she just geographically was there. And uh, she was hearing impaired, and that actually made it almost easier to be friends. Like, we just kind of understood each other. I did not do sign language, neither, you know, really she learned it later in life. But, um, and we just kind of, we played together. We did everything together. We would swim together and um, sleep over each other's houses and, and do all those fun, regular kid things. And it was like she knew I know that she knew that things were not as okay as they seemed. And I knew the same about her because her home life wasn't um, wasn't the best either. But we just kind of loved each other unconditionally, just completely as best friends. And, th- and that really didn't get in the way. We just were normal kids. When we were together, we were just normal, normal kids. And I needed that. I really needed that to have um, to have that space with her to be able to to separate that you know she was a really really important part of my brighter world because she was a place that was just fun we just had fun together 
Um, we did not crazy things though. I don't even like what in the world. We actually opened a manhole cover. We were probably like ten. Yeah, dead serious. True story. Um, we like got a big pole and we thought we were gonna go down there and just explore. Yeah, we opened. Isn't it though? We opened a manhole cover, and a neighbor like found us doing this. Like found it open with us about to go in it, and like stopped us. Yeah, dead wow. serious. Yeah, we did a lot of and like, yeah. I'm not even gonna comment on that, but so many crazy things. Okay. We would ride our bikes to a, a little like store up the road that um had candy, but like we were riding our bikes on like a super busy oh. like 50 mile an hour road. And she was hearing impaired, so and she not was not hearing anything coming. <laughs> oh. Right. No sidewalks. Like literally on the shoulder of the road, we were just riding. So scary yeah a little bit so but like I didn't think about those things like I just she was just like this really awesome part of my life so even though we both lived in this sort of crap hole it just you know so I was just thinking about the fact that so people are listening to this and um, are people that Kate knows I think it's important to realize that just as back then she really did need someone who was just out side of all of this that was normal right that she could just live in this someone somewhat quote-unquote normal box and be okay and that's still true Mm -hmm. right that like I have a role to play in Kate's life where I know the stuff and I'm in it with her but she really needs all the people also out there who are not right in the thick of all this where she can just be her normal self and that's again such a super weird dichotomy sometimes but also sort of necessary yeah no absolutely um yeah and that's even true with my you know my husband my in-law family my husband you know just for them to know and to see it is important to me and also to be able to still have those fun relationships and be able to just you know shop with them or hang out with them and not always be this cloud hovering over um and they're so good about that honestly they really you know (laughs) I have the best in-law family in the world. I mean, you have a pretty good one too, but you do. I do have a pretty good in-law. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, there's we'll get we'll that we'll touch more on that, I guess, later. But yes, I have the best in-laws in the world. I think that the at this moment in time, what you have in your family, your in-law family, is an acknowledgement of this without it sort of being the eclipse of the sun. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and their support is just really unmatched in terms of, um, and that's just who they are. They just are those people that are just there for people. They know how to do that, and they're very, very, very good at it. So yay for them. This is good. So the rest, sorry, I kind of took you off of like the the bright world. No, that's all right. We can move on to the dark world. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yuck. Um, So yeah, so while all of that was happening and all of the good things and the manhole cover openings, only that happened once, but you know. Oh, only once. Only once. So okay, it doesn't <laughs> it's count. Totally fine. Um, in the same life, in the same, you know, the dark things were also happening. So I would go to school and be a pretty normal kid at school. Didn't great, you know, not great grades. No mathing. Didn't math. Still haven't. Don't math. Um, but I was, you know, I went to school. I did my stuff. I had friends. And then after school, sometimes the way that that would look is then people came, people were, you know, there to pay for time with me, pay for sex with me, to pay for um, 
pictures of me. Um, so it was like this really crazy split. The two couldn't happen at the same time, but I was normal. And then I was in a basement with a man four times my age, you know, doing these things for him. I don't even know how to phrase that correctly. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a correct, I'm just, that's the right way to phrase it. I just want to let that sit for a second because like, once again, we've done that whiplash thing we talked about of joking about the real regular life too. And then here we are. Right. And that's terrible for anybody who kind of cares about kids. It's really horrible to think that that was your reality. Um, and how on earth, what the price was for you to have to make that switch. Right. Yeah. And in every, in every, Silas. Silas. (laughs) In every, you know, facet too, in, in, you know, in, in after school doing those things, but also in, um, just things even like my choices. When I was in my brighter world, I got to choose what I wore in the darker world these men who paid for time with me or paid for these, you know, sexual acts with me or pictures of them, they chose what I wore. They chose outfits for a grown adult um, for these things. And they chose what happened. They chose who I was. Um, in the brighter world, I, I got to choose those things. I got to be um, more in charge of what I who I was and what I did. And then in the dark world, I wasn't at all in charge. I had zero say, zero voice, zero opinion. Um, zero self. I mean, yeah, zero I self. No yeah, self. absolutely. Yeah, there was, you know, and I think that's so confusing now too because it's like, who was that girl? Who is that girl? Because I was so many different. I could be so many different things because that's what was required. Not because I chose to be, but because that's what was required. And that truth like figuring out how to live in that space of you know I was forced to act in certain ways to have certain demeanors and attitudes and all of that because to not do that also there was a high price to pay for not doing it the way they wanted it to be done but it doesn't mean that that's who I was that's just a part I had to play as a result of my circumstance that's not so easy to hold on to as you're processing yeah that's a very hard thing to untangle um that's a very hard thing to untangle Mm -hmm. because it did feel like i don't know it's a hard thing to untangle Mm -hmm. yes i know yeah i know but so um we kind of thought maybe we would share some important statistics in this um because sometimes i know people have asked like why now right why why are you sharing this now um and it's important to realize that the statistic is that 66 percent of victims never talk about their abuse until adulthood and the statistic is higher when that abuse happens with a very close connected person um and 90 percent of victims are their abuser is someone who is close and a trusted person Um, that makes it a very, very hard thing to talk about it. And so um, we would not be sitting here because this is not a comfortable thing to be doing, right? This is happening because there were so many other roadblocks to having power and voice for Kate that this became the path forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So... 
that's episode two i think that might be episode two all right you know so i just want to like highlight again that that reality of two the two spaces are it's the same kind of compartmentalizing that people do even if they don't have trauma that if we're honest with ourselves this the the part of ourselves that we present at work is typically doesn't include all the parts that we include at home right so that's normal we all do that and when there's trauma we do that more and in a more extreme like the dichotomy is more extreme um and it is really hard to hang out in that space yeah no absolutely um we also just want to acknowledge that um if anybody is listening to this and you are stuck in a situation that you feel might be trafficking or even just a situation that's unsafe um to please reach out for help um you know we've we the national human trafficking hotline you can either call them it's 1-888-373-7888 or you can just text help to 233733 um so yes we don't we want you to know that there is a way for you also to have power and voice and there are people out there who want to help you yeah absolutely all right okay that's episode thanks for listening please like us on instagram uh, ugly truth about the girl next door and follow our podcast so like us on instagram and follow our podcast is not the actual end of the story it feels like i'm walking on a really thin layer of ice so what you just listened to um, is the actual aftermath of recording what you just listened to from Kate um, about the separate boxes in her brain. Um, the reality is that it's tidy and she's really trying hard to keep it tidy when she shares those specifics, but there is actual fallout and that feeling that she expressed of standing on a thin layer of ice um, really does represent what this whole experience feels like for her. So I'm sharing this because we tried to record, but because we are new to this, we actually only got that one little clip. Um, So with Kate's permission, I'm sharing a little bit about sort of what she had to say during that conversation we had afterwards. Um, A lot of what she said has to do with the fear that she feels as she's sharing these very, very deep hurts and personal experiences that she feels disgusting about and has always assumed that everyone else in the world would see her that way if they heard the details of what had happened to her. Um, And so with her permission, of course, I'm sharing this now so that everyone who did listen understands that, again, there's a high price that she's paying to regain her power and voice. Um, And there's a lot of fear. Um, And there's a lot of overwhelming feelings that goes with that for her. um, She's been very clear that it's never worked for her to use her voice. And so she feels a little crazy, honestly, um, thinking why on earth would she think that it's going to work now? Um, Her experience has been that when people see the mess, they don't stay. Um, They at least don't stay in the same way. Um, And that's her fear. And of course, there are people who have stayed. um, But it still feels like someday um, what everyone told her was true will come true, that people will see, quote unquote, the truth of who she is and will leave her. Um, 
So that little snippet of the deep emotion that is tied to this, I hope reminds everyone listening to hold this truth that Kate is sharing gently and with great awe. It's probably not the right word, but with great respect for the fact that um, she really is sharing these things that are very, very deep hurts. And she is trusting those who are listening to hold them carefully and respectfully. Um, So I hope that gives some depth and some perspective to what was shared. Um, And uh, we thank you again for listening. Thank you.